0: You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. This is Horsin' Around with Broncos Insider, Andrew Mason. Oh my gosh. Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like that! Players, coaches, insiders. Let's go! And of course, with a twist only Mace can provide.
1: Buddy Duddies! Now, Swag.
0: here's orange and blue 760's Andrew Mason.
1: Horsing around post-game edition in the wake of the Broncos' 27-14 loss at Baltimore. I'm Andrew Mason. Joining me is Ryan Edwards. And Ryan, I'm going to ask you kind of a philosophical question. And this is sort of a glasses half full, glasses half empty question. Are you... Encouraged by the fact that in the defeat, the Broncos can point to their own mistakes as the primary cause, or discouraged that these mistakes, specifically the 120 yards of penalties on 13 infractions, happen?
0: I mean, it's a really good question. And I, I would feel better about it if we had seen the Broncos play better through the first two games prior to this. They, they just haven't played a complete game yet, at least up to the level that we know that, that we have seen their capability. And so you take the first game against Seattle, three touchdowns, three interceptions from Case Keenum, the good and the bad. They should have won that game a lot more handily. Same thing with the Oakland Raiders game. They ended up having to come back late in the fourth quarter. They did it. They got it done. But we've been saying for a while that against better opponents, that's just not simply going to happen. And so sure enough, they played a better opponent on the road and the Baltimore Ravens out executed them basically at every turn. I mean, maybe with the exception, a little bit of special teams, but even then it wasn't perfect because Marquette King uh, did not have a good day. But uh, I I guess at this point, yeah, I see your point here where you're saying through the penalties. And uh, the, the fact that it is such an extreme amount, you heard Vance Joseph after the game say, uh, we left 20 points on the field as a result of those uh, 13 penalties for 120 yards. But at the same time, that's, that's something that, that you say, well, that's not a standard. But I mean, at the same point, you got to do better than that. you got to show people that you can be better than that because right now, we, as we've said many times on our show, the memory of last year still looms until proven otherwise.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, and right now, the results this season are matching up to last season's uh, pretty closely. Two yep. home wins to start the year, and then you go on the road for your first test away from Denver against a team that's kind of middle of the pack. Remember, Buffalo was a 9-7 and team that got in the playoffs last year, and you end up struggling. Turnovers weren't as big a part of this game as that week three loss last year at Buffalo, but they were definitely a part. And now, I mean, we talked about it. I know we mentioned it during the week. We mentioned it on Facebook Live as well. This was a fork in the road moment for both teams. And now with the Broncos facing a huge game against a sizzling Chiefs team, that can cause a lot of problems, particularly for a team that is struggling in pass coverage that now has two cornerbacks injured with uh, Tremaine Brock having the groin injury in addition to Adam Jones having the hamstring. You feel like the Broncos are kind of at a precipice right now.
0: That's what it feels like. And that's it's a weird thing to say, only three games into the year and you're 2-1 and one and you're, you're absolutely still in the mix for anything you want to do. Uh, but there are a precipice as a team, all, all, and I know that Vance Joseph and the team tends to say last year is gone, it's dead, it's it's not the thing, but it's like, well, unfortunately, when you have performances like this, I think a lot of people think about last year more than they think about, oh, this team has turned the corner, especially, again, you know, and not, not that it's completely fair, but statistics-wise, I think people tend to point to what Trevor Simeon did early on last year, two-in-one record, uh, better touchdown-to-interception ratio, certainly than Case Keenum. The the completion percentage is, is pretty close. Uh, I think Keenum has a little bit better and he's got a few more yards, but in the end, uh, touchdown to interception ratio. So uh, people can't help but say, well, I mean, are they better than last year or maybe a little bit worse? And they have to answer those questions, ultimately. Um, today's performance isn't gonna help anybody on that. But I mean, what, what you know, I, I point to those mistakes and there was that key moment with the block field goal and it, it looked it should have been a really a return touchdown, and that would have swung things. Of course, the Broncos there would have been up 21 to 17. Instead, they end up uh, getting a sack fumble on Case Keenum. And uh, I, I mean, it, they ended up backing up from there and that, that, that changed everything. They end up punt on that drive. But I just think about those moments in the game where on the road, you started out doing everything you wanted to do and uh, through your mistakes, which is what we talked about a lot last year, you ended
1: up losing the game. Yeah, you're right. You mentioned the start. You were doing everything you wanted to do. I mean, it's hard to envision a better opening few minutes for the Broncos. Big (laughs) play on special teams. Joe Jones flies downfield for the tackle at the 16-yard line. The defense gets a 3-and-out. Bradley Chubb gets a sack on second down. You have Jones with a second big special teams play in about a minute and a half with a blocked punt, sets up Royce Freeman for a touchdown, Yeah, then the Ravens did drive to a quick touchdown, but the offense then responded as you hoped they would respond with a nice little eight-play, 70-yard drive that was capped by Emmanuel Sanders' end around. At that point, you felt like you were getting set to watch a track meet in the rain. And then from that point forward, the air just went out of the balloon. I'm actually looking at something here, kind of looking at the Broncos in the first quarter. They had six first downs on their first 10 plays from scrimmage. Pretty good. That'll win you a lot of games. And then on their next 51 plays from scrimmage, they had 12 first downs.
0: Wow. It's uh, it, it's pretty shocking. And then, of course, yeah, I think they went uh, seven straight drives with a punt, and then the uh, eighth drive was an interception. So, I mean, they, they were driving on that, and it was a red zone interception. Not that that uh, is... I mean, it's worse in, in a lot of ways, but uh, in, in that case, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you you started out playing a way that you hadn't played last year when you were on the road. And so in that respect, maybe, you know, as we have a t- chance to digest this game a little bit and we'll, we'll talk about it on the show tomorrow, you uh, we have a chance to talk about it more you know maybe you say okay well you can re- recreate some of the things that you did at the beginning of the game and if you could do that uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna give yourself better opportunities i mean start starting fast is something that they didn't do against oakland so it, it's it's a tough thing to, to judge this team right now in some ways because they respond to adversity you're right they gave up the long touchdown drive uh, well, I mean, long in, in relation, five plays, 48 yards, but then they, they answered right back. Eight plays, 70 yards, they score a touchdown, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. The Broncos are, maybe they figured a few things out, and then they just went stagnant. It just it just all kind of uh, could, couldn't could stay together, and uh, Case Keenum is, is one of the guys I'm pointing to in this, uh, where he's been uh, able to, to rally everybody around a certain cause. He, he couldn't do that today.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And, I mean, he did rally them in the fourth quarter. They had a couple of good drives, got some things going in the passing game, and never completely abandoned the running game, which I think is one difference from this year compared with last year. But just they couldn't close the deal in the end. The interception problem continues. He was picked off in the fourth quarter. That's five picks in the last three games. Uh, it's the most for the Broncos as a team. Uh, an interception since 1989 after three games, so that's a little bit of a troubling sign. And as I was texting you on the flight back, and I was looking at some of the passer ratings, right now it's 71.5. That's not yeah. going to get it done. If he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't play better, if he isn't more efficient, then uh, this isn't going to work out.
0: No, it's not, and we already know how this this story goes. If, if you're getting uh, below average performance from a quarterback, that it, 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 it doesn't matter. And the fact is that the defensively the Broncos, I mean you, you mentioned the track beat coming up here with the chiefs and that that's really what it's gonna probably be because they're they're also struggling defensively. but you mentioned that game coming up and uh, well, where's your confidence level that this team could even win a game like that? Uh, you know you know that they can move the ball. You know that they they have the capacity for that. Um, but at the same time, there's just, there's just this, this also of, okay, are you going to get the fast start? You're going to get the, the strong close? Uh, what's going to happen in the middle? And then, of course, defensively for the Broncos, uh, I mean, you don't want to be a team that has such a, a wide hole there uh, in your secondary. And I mean, you know, right now, Mace, I mean, this is a conversation we're going to have to have this week. Yeah. Uh, what, what what, are you
1: going to do there? I mean, I, I don't know that there are internal solutions. I mean, it depends on the severity of Tremaine Brock's groin injury. Now, Adam Jones yeah. was out testing the hamstring pregame, so maybe he's closer to a return than uh, some might think. Maybe he could be back next week. Maybe they just wanted to be cautious with him this week and make sure that This wasn't a one-month or two-month injury and keep it to being a one- or two-week injury, but at the same time, what's going on back there isn't working. You look at Patrick Mahomes coming in next week, 13 touchdowns, no picks, rating of 137.4. Now, you mentioned the Chiefs defensively. Rating against them is 106.3. Eight touchdowns, one pick for opposing quarterbacks against the Chiefs, and actually opponents have thrown for more yards through the air, eleven twenty-seven. than Mahomes has thrown for this, to this point, right. 896. So, yeah, there's a window for Case Keenum to reverse the form of his first three games and get back to where he was last year. I think that's possible. But with the way the Chiefs are moving the football, and today they got Kareem Hunt more involved. He had a couple of rushing touchdowns. You might need 40 or 45 to win this game.
0: It kind of feels like that, doesn't it? And, I mean, the, the, the reason Mahomes is working is because he's not turning the ball over. Yeah. And I mean, it, and simply put, you know, you, you mentioned what he's doing is, you're right, the, their defense isn't, isn't helping him out whatsoever. But he's not, giving, he's not putting their defense in any worse situation. And uh, he's just executing at an extremely high level with all those weapons around him. But uh, for Case Keenum, that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to play a clean game against the Kansas city chiefs. And then you're going to have to ask Broncos fans, how, how confident are you that the, that he could play a clean game against Kansas city. And and I, I guarantee you the answer right now is very low confidence in that. And that that's really unfortunate too, because you're talking about a guy that had a really good season with Minnesota protecting the ball. It was one of the reasons why he got the contract that he did. And, you know, at, at some level, yes, you wanted, um, a guy that's going to be aggressive and, you wanted a quarterback that was going to put you in position to succeed uh, at times when it seemed like the offense was a little too tentative last year and, and a little too vanilla. But at the same time, look, man, he looked tentative today. Uh, he, he he was holding the ball a long time, double pumping. Uh, his feet were, were really jittery, and that's where you can always watch a quarterback and see how, how they're feeling. And uh, you saw the double pumps. You saw him uh, kind of tiptoeing a little bit and, and really just not settling in, not climbing the pocket as much. and that's a little bit of a concern for me.
1: He got hit nine times. And while some of those yet were on protection, some of them were also on him, like you mentioned, holding the ball too long, uh, waiting for somebody to get open. He didn't look like the Case Keenum that flourished for the Vikings last year, not at all.
0: Nope. And so that's got to that's gotta change here pretty quick and uh, defensively. Now, I will say this. I, I think after after we have some time to think about this, will probably come off of the uh, oh boy, this is really bad news. It's you know because because a loss is a loss, there's no style points in the end. they're two and one. But I, I feel like uh, the Broncos need to take a really hard look in the mirror because they still haven't played a complete football game. Now, on one hand, they played a complete football game last year against uh, Dallas, and that didn't really get them very much. But at least it showed them the blueprint of how they can play. I don't think they've seen that yet, really, on on what, what they what they are and how how they can really go into any game and win in all three phases they just really haven't done that yet but again i i think that if they can take a look in the mirror and uh consider what they are and how and their path to victory i'm not saying that they can't hang with the kansas city chiefs i think they can but uh you put it perfectly i mean you're, you're talking about an offense that really needs to Needs to needs to throttle up a little bit, and it's going to take everybody. And and again, you know, you got to factor in Philip Lindsay, you know, mm-hmm. being being ejected early in this game. That that really probably did change quite a bit of game plan for them.
1: Yeah, you lose one of your two most consistently explosive players on the offense, Philip Lindsay and Emmanuel Sanders, and instantly you take out Lindsay from there. And uh, I thought that was ticky tack at yeah. best. He's going for the ball. He was apologetic in the locker room, said, hey, I shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, how often does worse stuff in those scrums, in that big pile that he was in, how often does worse stuff than that go on when guys are grabbing at the football? You've heard the stories of what happens oh, yeah. in the pile. And I always thought what happened in the pile stayed in the pile. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I think it just so happened, he, he kind of dove in late and the ref was standing right there yeah. over him. And he didn't have a good vantage to see what Philip Lindsay was punching, and that, that's tough. If, maybe if he was a vet, maybe there might be a little bit more of an appreciation. For me, I, I don't know. I, I never looked at it and said, "Boy, he's throwing punches at that dude." And
1: neither did um, I. Not I, in real time. And I, then I looked. at yeah. I think James Lofton described it as at best a jab, not a yeah, punch. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. No. He. It, it didn't look like that to me, but. Uh, but but he's, he's got to think about that, too. And he's, he's, he's too important to this team now. And I think that's that's something that he needs to realize, too, that that the, the, the huge part of their success, you've pointed it out multiple times on first and ten. I mean, where are they without Philip Lindsay right now?
1: Maybe
0: 0-3. Yeah, they're probably an 0-3 team. And so... He, he needs to, to realize that a uh, path for victory for them, now whether they would have won this game or not is, is completely not the point. Uh, he went out early enough. They lost by two scores, and so you wonder what would have happened to have your best player or well, one of your best offensive weapons still available to you, not to mention your kick-and-punt returner.
1: Yep. Uh, even Chris Harris shooting on the defensive side, he said, hey, we needed Phillip Lindsay. That was his quote after the game. We needed 30 is what he said. He's one of our best players on offense. Him going out kind of hurt us today, but everyone's got to play smarter. And I bring up Chris because that's the transition to something else that Chris said after the game. He talked about how the defense has got to disguise better as a team, quote, try not to give them easy looks. We've got to move around and do whatever we can to disguise them, unquote.
0: Well, he's uh, he's right, and he, he all you have to do is kind of see how the uh, secondary is being Picked apart right now. Uh, to know, I mean, you come off of Derek Carr' performance, 29 for 32, and then uh, Joe Flacco. You knew what he wanted to do in this game, and you knew that they were gonna eventually abandon the run one way or another. Because, I mean, they got the two rushing touchdowns, but that really doesn't tell you everything you need to know about uh, the Ravens today. It was mostly about the pass, and and uh, boy, I mean, you you as a defense, that that's kind of damning. That, that's kind of damning. I don't, I don't know exactly. You, know, you come off one week where Joe Woods or uh, where Vance Joseph says that the defense wasn't aggressive enough and you want to see a much more press. They get a little more aggressive this week. Uh, but at the same time, as Chris points out, they're easily diagnosable. And is that a talent thing? Is that a scheme thing? Um, that's that's troubling for sure, especially coming from Chris.
1: Yeah, so far this season, the Broncos have given up. A collective passer rating to opposing quarterbacks of 102.2. Now, there's been a lot of talk on social media, of course, how the passer rating is up across the board. The Broncos actually are only 12th worst in the league right now. But still, compared to what we've seen from this defense in recent years, especially up through 2016, seeing teams pass the ball all over them, seeing quarterbacks complete 69.5% of their passes against this broncos defense it's jarring man
0: it really is and it's not where it's not you know i don't think anybody's used to it and you know maybe in one way you're saying okay well that means the offense needs to, to carry to pick them up sometimes and the offense has in the first two games they were able to pick them up at times but uh, in the end though the, i don't think even any of us are going to convince ourselves that this is an offense that can uh, that can get a that can win shootouts consistently. And, uh, that, you know, I know Steve Atwater is talking about them averaging 30 points per game. Uh, we, you and I have been much more on the, uh, low to mid twenties would be spectacular. 24 mm-hmm. is back, In fact, is the number if you can really do it. Uh, and, and so if they could average that, that's good, but that means the defense needs to average under that. And, uh, right now, Uh, they're, they're, they're hovering. And, Mm -hmm. and of course they, you know, look good, good performances. Uh, they, they held the Oakland under, and again, they didn't, you know, Oakland didn't score any points in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of the bend don't break, but I mean, you, you just, you just look at the way it's being done and you say, okay, well, um, you're probably going to enter a bit of a shootout game coming up, knowing first of all, how the Broncos defense is being picked apart right now. And secondly, how, uh, the opportunities that should present itself for the Broncos offense. And and is this offense really built for that? I can't say I feel like they are.
1: Opponents are scoring 23.1 points per game on the Broncos so far this year. The Broncos are scoring 20.3. Mm. Total score of 70 to 61 after today. That's not going to get it done.
0: No, that's, uh, that, that puts you as a, uh, generally speaking, that's going to put you as a team that's, uh, it's going to lose more games than not.
1: Yeah, that's a six and ten, seven and nine type of margin.
0: Yep, no doubt about it, man. But uh, but again, you know, you have you have a week, uh, a little over a week to get ready for the Monday nighter, uh, and of course, yeah, the Chiefs are coming in uh, playing some of the best football. They've already been road tested, so we can't use that angle uh, to say, "Well, wow, the Chiefs have only played uh, cupcakes." That's that's just not the case. Uh, they've been on the road. They have played. Uh, teams that, that typically us- usually win those those home games. and
1: Pittsburgh. Uh, say that again? Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the first game against the L.A. Chargers, I mean, that's a quasi-home field advantage for the Chargers at best. There was a lot of red in that crowd, but they did have the tough road game in Pittsburgh, and they did jump out to a 21 nothing lead early. They gave it back, but then showed a lot of intestinal fortitude to rally back. I mean, a lot of teams in that situation – If they uh, blew a twenty-one point lead in the first half, they would fold up, and the Chiefs didn't do that. So clearly, they're cut from some tough timber.
0: I'm going to go back and look at the game uh, tonight and tomorrow, and uh, I mean, you know, maybe be interesting conversation on the show uh, this week is you know under Vance Joseph's concept of they left twenty points out on the field via penalties. Um, I mean, you, you know about the return touchdown that Chris Harris had, and, of course, that's a, that's a really big one. They end up not getting points on that drive at all, even after getting the ball midfield. But that, that's something that, that's kind of fascinating to me to think about for them is, okay, so if say you do clean up the penalties. Let's, let's just say, for, our, for argument's sake, you clean up the penalties. Would you have won that game? Like just, just straight up. Mace, I'll ask you. They clean up the penalties. Do they win that game?
1: Yeah. I think they do. <clears throat> I really think they do. Because including
0: the interception, including the, the the red zone interception.
1: I think they win the game because first of all, you have the blocked field goal return by Chris Harris Jr. That's seven points right there off the top. You have that drive in the uh in the third quarter, promising drive for the Broncos when they were down by thirteen points, twenty-seven to fourteen but it looked like it was going to be that kind of good response that you want to see, a good response to adversity. Denver quickly gets to midfield. You had a 39-yard connection to Thomas wiped out by a holding penalty. That was a killer. But then two plays later, Keenum to Demarius Thomas again for 22 gets you out of second and 17. But then you have another holding penalty on Connor McGovern that knocks you back to the 41. You manage to get back into field goal range from that, and then Ron Leary's unnecessary roughness penalty, 15 yards, takes you out of field goal range. So at minimum, I think that's one of the things you're talking about, seven points right there. At minimum, three points if you just go to Leary's penalty alone. And then in the fourth quarter on the last Broncos drive, you go from fourth and one to fourth and six.
0: Okay, well, I'll throw one caveat in there, and, and you're, you're right about everything you said. Because um, those penalties, of course, backed them out of, especially in that uh, second half drive, uh, where they they were they were driving. Uh, they ended up having, again, like you mentioned, the Ron Leary unnecessary off this penalty that backed them out of field goal range. They were at the 27 at that point, uh, backed them out of field goal range. But I also wonder if uh, if the Broncos are that close, if the Baltimore Ravens alter and get a little more aggressive, and and it seemed to me. Like the the Ravens, especially later in the game, played a lot more keep away, and I, you know, I know that they yeah. had a three the uh, three and out for two yards, and but it just it just didn't seem it, it felt like they were in control. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, especially on that drive that ended in with the too many men on the field, and then yes. the incompletion of Jake Butt that followed that. I mean, you don't know right. how the game is going to go, but even then, those first two series or the the series in the third quarter, and then the block field goal return. That's 14 points, and that's 28-27 instead of 27-14.
0: Okay. Well, that might be a fun poll question we can run if, yeah. if the fans – because, because again, I'm, I'm not trying to look for positive spin, but I'm also trying to think of a way that the Broncos could flip this quickly. And and that might be one of them is, hey, look, uh, you take the penalties out. Did you think the Broncos were going to win that game? And, and we'll see kind of how, how the fans are feeling about it might be a little bit of a a fun conversation interesting conversation because I'm I'm a little on the fence about you you make great points they had position they had opportunities but I also felt like like Joe Flacco could have dialed up some some better some deeper passes whenever Mm -hmm. he really wanted to
1: the question is though can you find a way to cut the holding penalties absolutely because the discipline stuff you can fix that pretty easily The holding, especially for Garrett Bowles, because that was a problem last year, man, that's a big concern right now.
0: No, 100%. 100%. Are you uh, looking forward to a week full of Chad Kelly text, tweets, and uh, calls?
1: Looking forward. Look at my Twitter (laughs) timeline. I'm already receiving them. I'm already there. (laughs) I I, 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 I was was
0: getting them, too, and... uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's incredible. I, I I'm not there. I'm clearly clearly not there. I mean, I, I I'm a l- concerned about case just like everybody yes. else is. But I, I don't think that you you pull the trigger on that. And
1: oh I, no, not, definitely not.
0: No, I, I don't I don't think we're we're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I'm I'm fascinated. Look, this week, and I know it's going to come up a ton when talking to Bill Musgrave, when talking to Vance Joseph, it's going to come up a ton of what's the game plan. How are you going to keep track and keep pace with this team? Or are you, I mean, what, what, what's the mental makeup of this team? What, what are they thinking? What, knowing, knowing they're taking on a Chiefs team that's putting up these kinds of numbers. And I'm sure it was the same kind of conversation opponents of Peyton Manning and the Broncos had back in 2013. You know, when opponents were saying taking on well, arguably one of the best, well, the best offense in the history of the game. It's the same conversation, same questions. What are you going to do? Are you going to keep track? And how you to keep pace with that? So I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see uh, what the offensive game plan, uh, defensive game plan too, because somebody's got to get to Mahomes eventually. Somebody's going to have to cause him to make a mistake. Can it be the Broncos? And uh, what does that exactly look like? Because, for example, today, Von Miller was not a factor in uh, this game whatsoever. No. Well, at least not on the stat sheet.
1: Yeah, they schemed away from him. And I think more teams are going to continue to do that. Now, that being said... If Bradley Chubb can capitalize and get a sack like he did today, that's going to be a positive. One thing about next week's game with the Chiefs, you talk about keeping pace with them. One of the things that has worked for the Broncos actually might work against them against the Chiefs, and that is the Broncos going up-tempo. Because if you go up-tempo, you might create more chances for the Chiefs. Yet today, the four longest Broncos drives of the day all had no huddle in it for multiple plays each time. It seemed like there were moments where they had the Ravens on their heels a bit because of the no huddle. So even if going up-tempo means a game with more possessions and more plays, do the Broncos go back to that next week against Kansas City knowing that, okay, it might give the Chiefs a lot of shots, but it'll give us a lot of shots too, and maybe we can get the defense on its heels?
0: I think honestly, I know that, like, like a football purist would say, no, you don't want to go track me on it. I mean, you know, play, play sound defense, do, do what you're supposed to do. You know? And it's like, yeah, but I, I don't know if that's going to work in this game. I think you kind of have to, I think you got to kind uh, of dial it up. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I I'm so fascinated to see what the game plan is going to be.
1: I am too. Ryan, my friend, always a pleasure. You can hear from Ryan and I Monday morning with Steve Atwater on first and 10, 10 on orange and blue, 716. Of course, every weekday, 10 to 1 p.m. We're going to start by looking back at this game, then move on to the Chiefs. Plenty of conversation. We'll have some good guests, I'm sure. So join us from 10 to 1 every weekday, Ryan. See you then. Thanks for coming on.
0: Yep, anytime. This has been another edition of Horsin' Around. With Broncos Insider Andrew Mason, check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at ten with Steve Adwater and Ryan Edwards.
1: That's how we get it done. We'll
0: see you next time on Horse and Around.